Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture and Pinot Noir brought to you by magazine editors and best friends Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Welcome to the podcast everybody. I'm trying to think of different things to say when we start. I don't know how successful that one was. Mm, yeah, usually what is it like hello hello? <laughs> hello like hello everybody. <laughs> hello everybody like that. That's your go-to and it's one that I do love. <laughs> We don't have a format, which can kind of be a good thing and a bad thing. I want to get a sticky note with lots of different options for each introduction, and then I can test them out. I would like to say that I have spent the entire entirety of this afternoon watching normal people. Yes, that's what I did before I went to bed last night as well. What are your thoughts? It's really great it just I, I'd firstly like to just start by saying that it really just sprung out of nowhere as a little treat for everyone I know I hadn't seen anything about it I knew it was coming out at some point in the, the distant future but I had no idea it was today yeah I don't know who was in charge of the marketing or like if it's purposefully been a little soft launch I read one profile on the two actors in British Vogue like six weeks ago and then I haven't seen anything else and then it just appeared on the BBC have they released all of the episodes or just... Because I thought it was just three. The, and then I watched three and then four no, just started. they're all out. They're all out. Crazy. And they're nice mm-hmm. little neat 30-minute episodes. Anyway, I loved it. I'm 100% going to watch the whole thing tonight. I've watched four episodes so far and I think it's... Me too. Really, really, really great. Same. I think they picked incredible actors i love that it was set in ireland i love that they didn't try and kind of do a u.s spin-off of the show because obviously sally rooney the author is from ireland 
And I love that it was based there, based in a small town with all Irish actors. And they picked incredible people. At first, when I saw the trailer, I wasn't convinced because I think you kind of don't get the full breadth of the characters through the trailer. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about these actors. Oh, I'm not sure. And maybe I just, maybe it was because it was too soon after me finishing the book. So you know how you have your own ideas in your head. But mm. when I saw them on the screen, they were really, really great. So great. And I am going to make a bold claim and say that so far I like the TV adaptation even more than the book. There's just something about it that, that is makes very bold. so. I know. I just, there's just something about the story that like makes so much more sense, or is like more powerful to me on screen because it's obviously all about like um, teenage like angst and sexuality and having sex for the first time and those like little moments that are like electric with whatever. And I just feel like you get so much of that across so simply on screen. And it's just, Mm. I don't know, I just think it's really beautiful. Well, I think that I haven't seen them get across quite so well on screen is the kind of class differences between them. Because I feel if if you went into episode one and you hadn't read the book, and basically it's a novel about two teenagers who fall in love, but they keep their romance a secret because she's an outcast at school. And he's a really cool kid. But then on the other flip side is she's really, really wealthy and his mum is their housekeeper at her house. So that's kind of how they start interacting because he'll come around after school and wait for his mum to finish cleaning her house. So there's that difference where he's the cool guy at school, but also outside of school, he would probably think that she wouldn't be interested in him because she's much more wealthy. And someone put a an article on our Facebook actually saying that normal people gets across the difference in class so incredibly well but I think in the book they do it even better because it kind of wasn't that explained when you start watching the show about why he would have to keep it such a secret yeah I think as well what I I love and I haven't got to these scenes in the tv show yet but in the book is like the the thing that switches is that they go to university at Trinity College which is like a very prestigious university in Ireland and they're all the things artsy right yeah all the things that made her unpopular at high school make her very popular there and all the things that made him very popular in high school being great at sport being a bit of a jock make him unpopular there so the dynamic totally switches and I think that that's hugely a class thing as well because I think when you have money you're kind of brought up to feel like you belong in these places and you can fit into them quickly because everything about your life has told you that those places are for you. Whereas when you come from a non-wealthy background and you go to these prestigious places, you always feel a a little bit like, are they going to catch me out that I don't belong here? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even what we were talking about with Georgia on the podcast last week, how at high school, everything that you want to be is the same as all your friends and you want to not stand out and you don't want to be weird and you don't want to be too smart or, or anything is the opposite is valued at uni, which is shown so clearly. I was thinking that exact thing as well. I was like, it's so funny that we had that conversation because she is like, she is the embodiment of that kind of character who just won't compromise on herself just to get along with people in high school because she thinks mm. that they're stupid and boring. So she's not going to pretend to like what they like. Whereas he's the opposite and watching it, I felt I 
empathized with or could relate to Connell so much more than Marianne. Same. Because that's that's kind of our personalities, right? We'll do things that maybe we think or know are maybe not the right thing. Just, well, not now, but in high school, I imagine we're the same where you would, you would just go along with the crowd because you were just too scared to be the one that sticks out. Yeah. I used to pretend I didn't know the answers to uh, questions at same, school same, all the time. Same. I got, I got yeah. moved high I schools, just... halfway through high school, because all the teachers had an intervention with my mum and were like, Grace is dumbing herself down for her friends. <laughs> I was like, plot twist, it's my friends oh my and God. also boys. <laughs> <laughs> same. That's so funny. I was in the... um top class when I started high school because I hadn't come into this phase yet when I was in primary school and intermediate I was just a full nerd like full one nerd didn't care and I was very much myself then I don't know what the fuck I I think literally what changed was I realized boys existed and I would I was like a full tomboy climbing trees at lunchtime and intermediate just looked disgusting all the time and then it came into high school I completely flipped and I went from being because I tested we did like a exam to get into high school and I was in the top class when I got into high school and I got dropped down by four classes in the first year because I just completely stopped doing any work because I just didn't want to be in the top class because I was so embarrassed. Yeah, it's it's crazy how I remember that exact trajectory as well, like the first few weeks or months of high school where you would enthusiastically answer everything and then you just slowly realized that that wasn't the done thing and just <laughs> it's not what we do here yeah it's not what we do i know it's so funny how like um intelligence is like not social capital when you're in high school and then when you, as soon as you get to uni it is again it's it just is. such a fuck around it's such a fuck around yeah. it's so it's so interesting but yeah it's it's so great so far and like you say they're both perfectly cast and i'm really stoked that there's no like well-known actors in it i think that was a really smart decision Mm. yeah i also love what you you text me when you were watching it and you were just like god it makes me miss being a teenager again because it literally takes yeah it literally takes you back to when you were that old and you just were like your crushes were just all consuming it was all you could think about you just lived and breathed them i remember one christmas i went to my stepmom's family home on this farm and she pulled me aside after Christmas and she goes, I'm so pissed off at you. You've been on your phone this entire Christmas. You've been so rude. You've been so unattentive. And I was like, holy shit, I had no idea that I was being rude. I was just so consumed by this guy that every single waking, living, breathing moment we were talking. Yeah. I remember and I was that like, as well. That's crazy yeah and i just that scene with him on the bus that's why what i mean about i feel like it got across more than i remember feeling in the book that feeling of when you're in high school and the guy you have a crush and like sits next to you on the bus and it's like you don't say yeah, anything don't or do talk, anything and it's just awkward yeah but yeah, like yeah. the fact that you're like this close to touching each other it's like electric yes. you know i was like god it's just it's such a fucking amazing time that you just forget about and you can never you spend the rest of your life trying to recreate it you know and you just can't yeah, I said that to my friend today. I was like, God, I wish I could be a teenager again. She was like, I know, I just, the whole time I was a teenager, all I wanted to do was grow up. I just wasted it all away. Yeah. Is there any teenagers I remember. Listening? Appreciate it. Yeah, I remember being, literally it would just be my sister and her friends, and they're so much smarter than us anyway. I just, it took me back to remember feeling those exact things. I remember going to my high school ball 
with my full first love like it was just i remember everything it's so crazy yeah yeah it's and just how intense everything feels when you're that age everything feels like it's forever you know like him being nasty to Mm. her i was like you're such an asshole like i was so angry at him about it but you just when you're in high school it feels like the whole world. It feels like to have your friends think you're a loser is something that will last forever instead of something that will last six weeks. Yeah, exactly. Like if he'd just gone out with her, no one would have even cared. And he also like it's that that thing that happens in real life where you're so scared of what other people will think that you forget that you're the one that can change how other people think. Like he's so respected in his friend group that if he was like shut up and leave her alone, they would have been like, oh okay. Yeah, exactly. I know. Um, Another thing that I was watching, which is another hot show right now, is Little Fires Everywhere. I'm so annoyed I haven't watched this. It's so funny because we had a conversation yesterday about the podcast and we're like, okay, we're going to watch this and this and this. And then it was like 10 p.m. And we were recording the next morning and I had to watch like a whole season of normal people, a whole season of little fights everywhere and a whole season of something else. I was like, it's impossible. So yeah, please fill me in because it looks amazing. Okay. I know that I would have asked you this question before, but have you read the book? I have read half of the book, but I didn't finish it. Okay. So essentially, I don't know. It's hard to tell yet because I'm not super far in, but basically... Little Fires Everywhere is kind of a, in a similar vein to the Anne Moriarty's books in the sense that it follows very much like families living on the same street. It's family dramas kind of vibe. So you can see why Reese Witherspoon would have been really drawn to it for her production company after doing Big Little Lies. And it was such a hit of a book. Um, but basically it's in this kind of weird town called shaker heights and you know those places that are just very much everyone has the exact same house everyone's lawn is mowed everything's perfect and then this mum and this daughter come into town it's Kerry washington and her daughter i'm not actually sure of the actress's name come into town and reese with a spoon rents them a house and then basically Kerry washington becomes the housemate at reese with a spoon's house joshua jackson isn't it Mm. as Reese Witherspoon's husband. Cool. Yeah, and Jodie Turner-Smith was tweeting about it heaps, which I love. Um, and, yeah, it's it's good so far. It, it is good so far. I'm not crazy. I wasn't – so basically with normal people, I started watching the first episode. I was like, I cannot stop watching this. Yeah. I haven't felt like that about a show in so long. Yeah. Whereas for this, I've watched a couple of episodes and then kind of put it down. But I think it will be – it's obviously going to be really good considering it's a Reese production. Yeah, it's building up. God, so much good TV. Yeah, and one that I was going to say that I recommended last week, I think, but it was kind of a half-hearted recommendation because I'd only watched a few episodes, similar to <laughs> Little Fires Everywhere right now, Was is Insecure, and I am now so obsessed with it. Thank you to the lovely people. I had like three or four people Instagram DM me how to watch it in the UK which is so nice because last week I was like, I have no idea. So I'm going to start watching it too yeah. and then we can fangirl over it. Yeah, it's so good. It makes me laugh out loud in parts. So basically it's a show about two women in their early th- – no, they would be mid to late 20s probably. 
Um, and one of them's a lawyer and one of them works in a non-for-profit and they're basically navigating the dating scene, work scene, everything. But it's funny to the point where it makes you laugh out loud. Solange Knowles, Solange, is the music consultant. Amazing. So the music is just incredible the whole way through. Um, Isaray stars in it and wrote it and produced it and she's just fucking hilarious. So there's parts where her character, her character basically used to like rapping or loves music and loves rapping and she's got she's literally has one of her high school fuck boys in it the whole time who she's just like obsessed with still and basically there's scenes where she'll kind of go into the bathroom and be talking to herself in her brain but she's rapping <laughs> it's, it's so good yeah amazing persevere if you start watching and you get to like episode two or three and you're not quite sure so i think the characters kind of take a little while to settle in okay and then it gets great Good advice. And her, her boyfriend's fucking hot. Lots of texts. Have you watched anything? I haven't watched anything, but I read Motherwell by Deborah Orr this week, which is a good recommendation to people in isolation if they can get their mitts on it. I've heard such good things. So Deborah Orr uh, was the first and potentially only female editor of The Guardian magazine. Um, she was a journalist for like three decades and she sadly died of breast cancer late last year, just after she'd finished writing this memoir. And it's, I mean, it's great. It's basically about her childhood growing up in housing estate in Scotland and is a lot to do with her relationship with her mother and that kind of complicated dynamic. Um, and it's just, just got a lot of like nuggets of really smart wisdom that i think is just great and it's just a, a kind of nice read i am still basically in the middle of four different books and getting nowhere fast yeah it's it's like hard to i keep ordering books more books on amazon which i know i should be not ordering amazon and be like finding an independent retailer or something but whatever and they just keep arriving and i'm leaving them unboxed now because i just can't deal with more i have a recommendation for you uh which i'm gonna tell you now hoping that now that it's been three times in a row that you've kind of ignored me and then come around to the fact the latest (laughs) being you realizing that yoga with adrienne is a better version of the yoga you're paying for and it's free i just need to learn i just need to do things in my own time it just takes like a while i know i already know that with you yeah i know that with you and i've just like i just unless it's something really urgent that i'm super obsessed with like a show that i need you to watch immediately I've just come around to the fact that you'll get there eventually. <laughs> but with Yoga with Adrian, when I started doing the 30-day at-home challenge, I was just gagging to get you on it. Because I was like, I know that we're just going to have the best time if we're doing this challenge together, but she's just going to ignore me until she feels ready. I know. But with this, Grace, and it's a bit tech techy, which is I know is not our vibe. We kind of switch off as soon as something sounds a bit too difficult. But I was reading a Man Repeller article, and one of the girls was writing the article it wasn't sponsored about this app that she's been obsessed with for years and she needed to tell people about and it's called pocket Mm -hmm. and basically what happens is you have the app on your phone you have an extension on your google chrome or whatever and then anytime you're reading an article or you see an article pop up i text you it already and you see oh no i just i've I've seen where this is getting at and it's like speaking to me yes Yes, and you see an article pop up that you don't have time to read. You click the extension 
on your thing. That's all you have to do. And it will save it to your pocket app. Not only will it save it offline, so you can read it if you're on the train going home from work. You can read all of your articles that you've seen that day that you haven't had time to read at the wing. It will save them offline. Also, if you don't feel like reading, it will read it to you. Wow. Like an audio book. Wow. It will read you the article. Yeah. And so I've started doing it, and it's just so good because I do that all the time where people will put in our Facebook group articles or I'll see something pop up and I don't have time to read it. And I will then either save it to like my bookmarks which is so rogue and kind of old of me to do because i never look at them again or i will close it and think i'm going to reopen it later or i'll leave my tabs open for a really long time and then end up bulk closing them and not looking at them again or i'll put it in my notes and never look at it again so pocket is my i do which is so chaotic i like screenshot the name of the article same and i'm like when am i going back through my photos to yeah. look at a picture. I, of, I know, that's crazy. Oh, God, I've just hit the snag of the Apple ID sign-in, which I've told Izzy just makes me want to burst into tears every time I see it. Yeah, because you don't know it. I just don't know it, and then I have to keep changing it every single fucking time <laughs> I try to log in, and then I just don't write down what they change the password to. I just want to beat myself up. <laughs> okay, well... In about 10 years' time, we we're still doing this podcast. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it at the right time this time. I'm inspired to do it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it'll be better when we're actually working and I'm seeing way more articles because right now I'm not really even, I'm not really doing anything other than Netflix. Yeah, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine yesterday and she just said that she wants to read and listen to other stuff, but there's just nothing. She was like, you just go on every single news site and it's just every single article is about COVID. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A final thing I listened to this week was the Hilo's uh the Hilo podcast has returned. They stopped for I don't know 6 months or something. Um, and they came back a couple of weeks ago and I just finally listened to the first episode back and in it they were talking about, so it's two journalists have talked about it before and in it they were talking about the pandemic and kind of every aspect of it because they've been offline since the whole thing happened. Um, and what I found a really interesting point was that Dolly Alderton made where she said that the thing about we're not all in this together is that we're not all in this together because money is the defining factor in how the pandemic is for you. And she was like, if I, if this pandemic happened to me three years ago, 
I would have been completely fucked. And she goes, when you have money, when you even have a little bit of money at all, like enough money to pay rent, enough money to buy your food for the week and pay your bills, you just forget that money is a problem. Like you just completely forget about it. And that's the difference between being able to survive this pandemic and being able to kind of being able to get through this pandemic and for it not to be completely life altering. I think that, and actually something that I have found like quite galling about the discourse around coronavirus in the last month, particularly from a lot of high profile, not even celebrities. I've been like really disappointed with a lot of high profile, just creative people. Is that absolute lack of acknowledgement of how important money is in this situation and how much that affects what your experience is going to be of not only this month but you know the next six months and beyond and I just I've just I think if you are someone who has savings in your account and you're not in immediate financial danger or panic I just don't think that you should be speaking as any authority on how easy or difficult this pandemic is because it's the thing is that I've realized over the years is the thing with and this will sound quite trite but I'm still having to remind myself of it is the thing with money is once you have a bit of it you don't have to worry about it anymore you just don't think about it and then the minute that it's gone again you know if this pandemic had happened four years ago even three years ago for me this would have been a a, a massive, massive, massive crisis. This would have been an absolute life changer of how I was going to live, where I was going to live, um, what my life would look like for the next year. So I just, I think anyone who's in a position where that's not something that they have to wake up and think about is like a choking, oppressive fear every morning should be very, very sensitive about how they're talking about this pandemic. That is so great. And I'm so happy you bought that as a soundbite to play because I do think that it's such a massive issue and it's actually been a recurring theme in a lot of the conversations I've had with friends recently where it's either um, they are going through a really, really difficult time with work where hours have been cut or they've even lost their jobs or they've been furloughed or their job is hugely uncertain or we've talked about the fact that, like Dolly just said, how lucky we are that this has happened now and not five years ago when um you know we were just starting off in our career and we would have been the first people to go or or where our opportunities to maybe like intern or get our job in the door job wouldn't be there because of money restraints like how lucky we are that this has happened at a point where we're established and have a skill set that is bankable so many things have kind of gone right for us up until this point that makes it a lot easier to weather this than so many other people I just think exactly what she said where she was like, if this had happened three years ago, I would be screwed. And that's exactly me as well. Where, and, and, and the other thing that hit home to me is literally as soon, yeah, as soon as you have even a little bit of money, not lots, not heaps where you have heaps of savings, just enough that it's not a worry, where you're not worrying about how you're going to pay for your groceries next week, then you just kind of forget it exists. And that's the way for so many people where they just won't even be thinking of that as a worry in this pandemic, which is the, like the biggest worry for millions of other people. Because, I mean, literally even the fact that like 
I barely have work at the moment because we work in fashion magazines and the fashion industry has completely halted in its tracks right now. And so if the fashion industry isn't making any money, then fashion magazines aren't making any money and contributing writers, you know, it's just, it's a roll on effect. And if this had happened to me a few years ago, I would have been completely screwed, but I'm not right now. So I just haven't even really been thinking about it. Yeah, and I think this is what people people roll their eyes at the phrase privilege but what it went like what it actually means is often what it means is the privilege to not have to actively think about something like i remember jamila jamila was talking to reese witherspoon about how often all that privilege means sometimes all privilege means is the absence of discrimination you know like you don't have this roadblock and that that doesn't mean that you got extra things that someone else didn't have it just means you didn't get the roadblock that someone else had and that in itself is a privilege and I think that with money when you talk about the privilege of money you're talking about the privilege of not having to actively think about it not having to actively take up emotional labor mental space stress time whatever thinking about this thing like that's what the privilege of money does more than anything and and when you're worried about money it is all-consuming. It is the biggest, most mm. horrific thing to be worried about. It makes you feel physically sick when you just have no money and you don't know what you're going to do. And that's happened to me yeah, multiple I'm... times. Oh, same. I have been on the bones of my ass. Like, you would just not believe. Mm. Um, and they're, like, extremely good life lessons to have, I think, because yeah. you can be very resilient out of that. And I think that when you have that relationship or that understanding of money, I think for a lot of people, um, like you say, if you've never had to actively think about it, you take for granted the fact that it can just suddenly disappear. And I think that that's maybe something that's happening to happening to our generation where we have become so accustomed to thinking that we just it's just an absolute given that we will get a consistent paycheck in our account every fortnight and that will not change. And that's just our uh, like birthright that we're entitled to. Mm. I think we're so used to that. Whereas like maybe the generation above us or even two generations back understand the fact that that can just disappear and it can have nothing to do with how intelligent you are. It can have nothing to do with how hardworking you are, how liked you are. External factors can just happen and every sense of security you have can just disappear and you have to kind of be adaptive to it. I think that's something that I've been learning as I've gotten older as well, where I think when you get to a certain place in your career or otherwise, you kind of think that you're, that that's the bar, that the bar has been set there. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm now making this salary. So for the rest of my life, this will be the least I will earn. That's kind of what you think. Mm -hmm. You think once you get to a certain point that like it's only up from here. And what I've come to learn as I've gotten older is money ebbs and flows so much. You can, you can have, you can be so comfortable with money and be like, sweet, this is me forever now. And then literally just one thing has to change and suddenly it's completely flipped. Like for example, I'm sure she won't mind at all me talking about this, but for example, five years ago, my mum was living in Hawke's Bay with my dad in this beautiful home that they owned together. And then he gets this cancer diagnosis. And within six months, like neither of them are working. She has to quit her job. She doesn't work for another year because he's so sick. And then basically there's a huge kerfuffle 
with the will and our whole house is completely gone and she doesn't even she owns a home now but it's her life now compared to what it was five years ago is completely different you would never have been able to imagine it and I just feel like that would happen for so 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 many people and it can be a much smaller event than that where it's like you lose the job that you thought was secure or you cut yeah you get made redundant or a global pandemic hits and suddenly you're out of work and people just don't plan for it you kind of you you don't think that these changes are going to happen even though it's so obvious that change just keeps happening in life exactly and the way that i read a great article in the new york times i just cannot find it but i will find it and put it in the notes um it was this great article by this woman talking about how now that she's lost work um she thinks back to her spending habits before this pandemic and like cannot believe the way she spent money on things that just felt so essential to life. And all the things she talked about, it's obviously like all the same things all of us can relate to. Going to dinner twice a week, going to get like wine two or three times a week after work, getting Ubers when you can't be bothered getting a train, getting a pedicure every fortnight, getting manicures, getting your hair done, getting coffees every single day, eating your lunch out every single day, like all of these things that as soon as money's taken away, you just cannot believe how wasteful you can be mm. when mm. it's coming in consistently and how you can just adjust your lifestyle to something that if you just step away from it for one second, you realize is like really fucking extravagant. It's so funny here because I know I've said it a thousand times, but New Zealand's locked down so you can't get coffees. And I love an oat milk latte more than most things in life. Grace is sipping on one right now. And... I would buy one, well, okay, this is annoying because at the wing you'd get free coffee, so I wouldn't buy one then. But if we weren't going to the wing, I would buy an oat milk latte every single day. It would be my favorite activity. I would get an oat milk latte. I would usually get on the weekend an almond croissant or a cinnamon roll, and I just thought that was, it was horrific if I could not get my hands on one of those in a day. Even if I went to the wing and drank their free coffee, I would be feeling kind of gypped. And then... I've since I've been in New Zealand it's just not possible and so I've been drinking Nespresso coffees and frothing my own milk which is still a delicious coffee and the whole time I'm like how much money have I been wasting on these coffees every day if I just bought a fucking $300 Nespresso machine I would be saving so much money and it's delicious or even making plunger coffee which we've been having as well which is bloody good if you get good beans it just is like now I'm watching people buying coffees every day and thinking it's crazy. And even people in Sydney who are getting delivery from like the most delicious Maryvale restaurants, which is yum and yes, fun. But I'm like, God, what a waste of money when I look at it now. But that would be me if I lived in Sydney and could do that. And was still like still had your same full time job if you, like you'd always had, which yeah. is the case for so many of our friends. But um, yeah, it's even I remember having a conversation with Zach's parents about how they just said they cannot believe the way our generation treats going out to dinner. They're like, yeah. we would go out to dinner at a restaurant like fucking twice a year when we were in our early twenties. Like you know the that fact that little... you guys go two or three times a week is crazy. You know that my little sister finds that crazy though. I don't know when we went from finding it because because she's. 18 so i think she's too young but i'm like when did Mm -hmm. we go from finding it crazy to finding it completely acceptable and normal to be going out two or three times a week to socialize with friends because at 18 she's like absolutely not she won't go out for dinner at a restaurant and spend heaps of money on dinners and drinks and brunches she's like that's crazy and then it gets we get to this age at like 22 or 23 and it's just all go from there for the rest of our lives (laughs) 
Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for, like, the way that we live is is probably, like, on the more hedonistic side of the spectrum where I'm sure there's probably a lot of people listening who's, like, wouldn't be spending money on, like, eating out quite as insanely as we can end up doing. But I also think that there is something to be said for us being the generation that, like, home ownership just feels so pie in the sky that it it doesn't feel like something to be actively saving towards. Like I just think about the fact that if it took $25,000 or $30,000 to get a deposit on a home or even $50,000, you know, like if that's all we, all we had to raise, people would be a little bit more. I love how you say more. raise, not save. I'm going to set a GoFundMe account yeah. for us. <laughs> we can raise it. I mean, is he going to home? <laughs> but you, yeah, like, save. But I feel like if you're working, working towards that, that would feel – and you knew that you could get your foot in the door and get a mortgage and blah, blah, blah. It, it would be a lot easier to rationalize not having dinners or not having drinks or not having whatnot in pursuit of something that would feel achievable in a two or three year period. Whereas the way that the Sydney housing market or the London housing, mar- housing market works is that you would need like $200,000 saved. And that just feels so unattainable that you're just not going to kind of bother just as a mental thing in your brain. And I think that leads people to just behaving in a way that's more like enjoy the moment, enjoy the money while you have it, not be too conscious about working towards something because it it feels too unattainable. Yeah. I'm yeah, I know. And that's such a funny generational thing as well. When you said that to me, when Zach's parents were like, I can't believe how often you guys go out for dinner. I was just like, Oh, that's crazy. But where where are we going for dinner? And now I feel like this pandemic has really changed the way I think about things. But also I just spend money, like you are the same, but I just spend money where it's like you would think it would be impossible to spend as much as I can. And so in the most insane situations, so it's like if, if, you, if I couldn't, so if I was like, okay, I'm not buying coffee anymore, I'm not – eating out at all, all week, apart from one time, because come on, it's not prison. And I'm just going to the supermarket for every meal. I would still spend probably the same amount at the supermarket. It's just... Yeah, you just buy random shit. I just buy random shit. I bought these almonds, these chocolate berry almonds, and they are $14 a pack, and I can't stop eating them. (laughs) I just eat them as a snack. And I'm like, I could just eat anything yeah. else as a snack. I could just eat other nuts as a snack. But I need these $14 almonds, which are berry and chocolate and taste like uh, black forest. Because I can. Because I'm not spending my money on anything else. So I may as well spend it on almonds. There was something I really, really loved the other day when I was listening to the Bobo and Flex podcast, which is a podcast we both love. And um, Bobo was talking about how she's I think it was called like lessons we learned too late in life and she was saying how she realized she's now realized that she doesn't care about being wealthy that she's like we have this cultural obsession where it's like your worthiness as a person or how successful you are as a person is tied to like aspiring to more wealth and if you don't do that people think that you're weird or you don't get it or if you're bad at saving people think it's like a character flaw people can't believe like we had so many people reach out to us when we did a money episode ages ago being like i can't believe how bad you guys are with money like oh my god there isn't the attitude that like some people will have 
a value system for money where they prefer to save and own. Some people have a value system where they prefer to spend and enjoy and that like mm. they're just different they're just different attitudes towards the same thing. Yeah. It's an attitude that yeah. like saving saving acquiring wealth, investing cleverly is superior and the right human thing to do and that not doing that is like a character defect instead of just seeing it as like two different approaches to the same thing and I'd never thought before that like the way I behave with money, which is to tend to just spend money on things that I really enjoy doing and really enjoy them. And I'm not that fussed about having a big savings account and whatnot. Like that, that's not just wrong because other people say it's wrong. Yeah. I've never thought of that either (laughs) at all, because the thing about us is we're not in debt. We're not owing anyone money. We're not kind of not paying our bills on time. We're not nothing. We, We have, all the money we need to get us through and money to spend yeah, and like on and money to, to spend, see us through yeah. something like this and money yeah. to spend on things that we like we just don't have enough money to put a deposit on a house right now <laughs> and but in yeah. my head I think that I'm failing and even being back in New Zealand I'm staying with my friends who own three homes and they have not God. projected on to me at all that that that's the right way to do thing or anything like that but that's the whole that's how i've felt the whole time so every time we speak i'm like oh shit i've got to get my act together oh god what am i even doing but also i couldn't care less about that I've, i just have such a blase fucking hippie attitude about everything we're in my brain but you don't have to care about it just because you that's what i mean i was like i, I feel like we're made to feel like we're just not evolved enough <laughs> to understand how important it is to be a, a hyper saver or a hyper investor and it's like that's not it's not just the right way to think about it because yeah. i just have such a funny approach where i'm like ah everything will just work out because the thing is everything just always has worked out <laughs> You know, and, and I and I plan and I work hard for things, but it's not something that I want to plan for right now or work hard at right now, which is obviously, exactly, if I cared about it, I would have done it because that's what I do. Yeah. I think as well when you're like us where you've had like worked at the Wild Bean and the Subway, at the, like I had two jobs in year 11. <laughs> like yeah, I've, we've I know, always yeah. just worked. We're like really great at working. We'll always make things come together. We don't like rely on others for money. We know how to make money for ourselves. Like the value of money for me is to do with independence and having the freedom to make decisions that work for me. Yeah, it's so true because I was just about to say to you, that I think that people, some people, look at us like a poor them attitude. Because mm-hmm. we, like, I think because we talk so openly and so freely about things, people kind of assume that we're in a really bad position. Like, I remember someone, the, like, quite recently was kind of like, are you okay? Do you have enough money to pay for this? And I was like, what? Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Are you sure? Like, I can pay for it. I was like, what's happening right now? Like, yeah, I've got money. I was like, yeah, I've got money. Like, you can pay for it if you want to. But it's because I think people kind of feel sorry for us and think that we don't have our shit together uh, and that we're, like, these loose cannons. And then they see that we're able to fund ourselves doing X, Y, Z, and they're really shocked. Because I think people either have people in one ca- – sorry, I'm not saying this very eloquently because it's coming out as I'm fucking thinking of it and I'm on my third wine. But – as 
I think that people have either two categories and it's either really, really bad with money and they are fucked and they are in trouble or really, really good with money and they're saving for a house or they own a house and there's no middle ground, which I think we are in a middle ground where we're not bad with money, we're in no debt, we're not, there's nothing happening, but we're not about to invest in a house and there's just this middle ground. We're perfectly fine. We're perfectly happy. I can buy the clothes I want if I, if I want them. I'm happy and safe in this pandemic, even though I have no work. Thank God. We, we are lucky enough to have things that make us money that we love doing. But you like, and I just think people don't, can't see that middle ground. Like they just think it doesn't exist. Yeah. Exa- yeah. I think that, I think that as well. A hundred percent. It's like funny. These, the, it's funny how there's kind of ideas of. Maybe people just don't popular- openly speak about the middle ground because people are either only speaking out because they're uh, in a, dire situation and need help or this or they're completely comfortable there's no no one really speaks about this i think there's a lot of shame around money yeah a hundred percent a lot of shame around earning it's like why like why don't people people are so funny about talking about how much money they earn i know it's so so funny about talking about yeah it's it's a it's a shame thing I think or a pride thing that we have and obviously we're in a capitalist culture so like we're all brought up to think that money equals you know being a good person basically. That's so weird. I have such um, good friends like really close friends who would never say what they earn. Which I mean it's it's up to everyone and I know there'll be people listening who probably wouldn't feel comfortable disclosing their salaries and it's not. It's yeah, exactly like you said. It's how we've been brought up to think of money. It's not because you're just a secretive little squirrel, but I do find it. Yeah, and people I've spoken to friends who have had work affected by this pandemic who are, are like you can tell in the way that people talk about it. It's they they find it embarrassing or shameful, or they don't want people to know because it seems like a personal failure to have lost work or to have lost their jobs or to have. You know, it's like mm. so. It's like so, money's so tied to our identity. Yeah, and I think people are worried about seeming like they're bad humans, <laughs> so they don't want to admit that they're not doing so well with money or not that great at saving. So there's a lot of kind of like posturing around what everyone's doing. Yeah, it's such a it's such a touchy subject. I wish it wasn't because I think a huge thing that's holding us back as women is none of us are talking about what we're each earning, and so. A hundred percent. Yeah, and so you just don't even realize that men are making a lot more than you, or what your coworkers are making, or what to ask for. Just, I, I just feel like we're just not taught any of these things at all. Even a girlfriend of mine was talking about how they've obviously, as most offices have, have put um, like promotions on hold or new contracts on hold and whatnot, and how she was kind of gearing up to get a promotion, and that. Um, it's, it's not going to happen for another six months now or whatever until this all sorts itself out. And my first piece of advice was, oh, just ask them to change your title and tell them it's okay if they don't pay you. And then I was like, what? Like, why am I advising that to someone? That's like such bad advice to be like, yeah. don't worry about getting money. Yeah, You don't need that. You know what I mean? I was like, it just even if it looks externally like you've got a promotion, it's worth it if you don't get the money. And I was like, no, that's not true. Yeah, how crazy is it? So yeah, I think that's such an important thing. To note that if money isn't a worry, you are in a very, very lucky, privileged yeah. situation right now. On to another article we have both read this week about the company Arbon. So it started in the US. It's been around for ages. 
I thought I'd never heard of it. And then I realized that I've had multiple instances of Arbon being in my life. Even in the past two weeks, I've been having Arbon products without my knowledge. It was amazing when we were talking yesterday. I was like, Izzy, have you heard, have you read this article? Have you heard of this brand? And you and you were like, Yeah, I've read it. I've just never heard of this brand. And then you looked over to your right <laughs> on the kitchen counter and picked up a water bottle that said Arbon on it. And you were and like, I, what is happening? And I picked it up and showed Grace in the Zoom window, and she just lost her shit. I was like, I have literally never heard of this brand in my entire life i have no idea what's happening and then i turn to my left and there's a huge fucking logo tattooed on my forehead it's so funny so it's a multi-level marketing company which is uh we weren't really across this but it's a bit of a phenomenon that's been reported on by the guardian and by vice about this movement of multi-level marketing beauty brands that specifically target young women And they're this double-pronged business where they sell products. So in Arbonne's case, it's vegan-focused lifestyle and beauty products. And then the other side of it is that the independent consultants who sell the products get extra money if they can recruit extra consultants and create teams. And then they get commission for each of the products that the people within their team sell. And it becomes this kind of like uh, system little what's the word like organism Mm. full of people where the higher up you are the more money you're making off all the people who are lower down yes so there's heaps of them so there's avon is a massive one um i'm pretty sure isogenics is the same thing that took off here uh herbal life is another really huge one just quickly actually i'm not going to mention the name of it because i don't know if it is the same but this reminds me of that time that me you and our friend georgie went to north bondi fish and just drank so it's this, much yes. champagne. Uh, no, this is it. Yes. This is we were yes. we were being recruited. hundred percent. Yeah. And we this woman and her husband from America were next to us and they were like, Woo, let's um, we want to buy you girls a bottle of champagne. We were getting and we're like, like okay. As a disclaimer beforehand, we were very jovial. We had the entire balcony of North Bondo fish eating out of our hands. So this woman and her husband came and wanted we to were buy like us a champagne. Comedy troupe on, uh, yeah. the, on the balcony. Yeah. So she bought us champagne. And then the next day we woke up with a very sore head and we we put up like photos DM. with this woman and followed her on Instagram. And then we woke up and she had sent us a DM trying to rope us into one of these MLM yeah so like with arbon basically you sign up and it's 49 or 59 or 99 you can't figure out a real price because they change in every location but you sign up to be kind of a representative and then what happens is the website with all of the products available from from arbon appears as your website so if anyone purchases from there you get commission you get 30% or whatever of what they buy. But then if you get someone to start selling underneath you, then you get some of their commission as well. So, yeah, essentially, as Grace said, the more people that you bring into the company, the more money you make. And I think that's how people make the most money is by bringing people in. But also, as a caveat, Arbon does have really great, some really great products. My friend who is really, really skincare obsessed, really beauty focused, really health focused, kind of literally will go into the kitchen and whip up these banana choc chip muffins with zero sugar that tastes like heaven on earth within five minutes. Um, She was like, their vegan protein is the best vegan protein I've ever had. It's the only one that tastes yum. 
I didn't even realize that I've been drinking some of these sachets as I work out. They're hydration sachets when I work out in the morning. So I've been staying with these guys and they're really good. So they actually, the, the difference between, so I think people liken these companies to pyramid schemes, but the difference between a pyramid scheme and these companies is that these companies actually have products that make profit that are worth selling to a market. So it's actually a retailer. Yes. And so we interviewed Liam Sharma, who is a journalist. He wrote an article about this brand. And the crux of the article, which has been the crux of similar articles on this topic, is a criticism of the fact that it's purposefully very overloaded with terms and conditions and abbreviations and business jargon and things that mean that people who sign up to it tend to not fully have all the information that they need to understand what they're getting themselves into and it often means that people go in with an expectation of what they can earn or will earn and that very rarely actually matches because the statistical likelihood of earning what you're told that you can earn is very, very low. And the second thing is that the way that this business runs alongside other business is this very kind of borderline creepy, homogenous, everyone talks the same way, uses the same (laughs) catchphrases. And there's like hundreds of thousands of these consultants on the internet. Um, It's just like a fascinating phenomenon. Yeah, so basically with a lot of these companies is you're sold the dream. So, and the dream is... The cars, the wealth, the blah, blah. And there's been multiple reports of uh, previous kind of employees saying that they were told, not by Avon specifically, but by different MLM companies to, you know, if they went out for lunch, I think I was reading a Guardian article and a woman who worked at a different company was told by them that whenever she was out for lunch or if she was on holiday or anywhere she went that she'd actually paid for, she was supposed to tag the brand and say that they'd sent her there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you go out for lunches, you post the high life and you pretend that that's how you live every day. It's kind of just Instagram on crack. And there's also this funny thing with Arbonne where there's this white Mercedes Benz, which is... The be-all and end-all, it's like getting to heaven. It's unlocking heaven's gates. You have this Mercedes-Benz. You have clocked the game. And these women are posting all these photos of these Mercedes-Benz. And I think it's if you get to level like three or four, basically the company buys you a Mercedes-Benz. But what actually happens is they pay for the Mercedes-Benz outright. And then out of your paycheck each month, you're paying it off. And it also has a huge Arbon label on the side of it. And if you don't make your target that month, then you don't get the car payment. So then essentially, if you left the company, you'd have to pay for the car. But this white Mercedes is just the be all and end all. Uh, and it just cracks me up so much because you just see, basically you see slogans like boss babe, be your own boss, be your own CEO, work your own hours and Mercedes Benz. Yeah, it's like this very specific little subculture in the internet that we just knew nothing about and are finding fascinating. But we also thought it was interesting to talk about in conjunction with our money discussion because part of the reason Liam wrote this article when he's written it is because these MLM companies are really heavily targeting people during the pandemic people who they know have lost work or who are stressed about work and it's it's they're kind of preying on this job vulnerability that people have at the moment to get people into the business 
when maybe people don't know exactly what they're getting themselves into. So we thought it was a really important topic to talk about on a more serious note, even though some of it's very hilarious, uh, <laughs> because it's important that people are equipped with the right education to make decisions like this, especially at a time when everyone's very, very anxious about money and very, very anxious about earning. So here's Liam from Little NZ to chat about his article, which accidentally went viral. Hello, Liam. Thank you so much for joining us. We are obsessed with your article on Arbon, and we would love to know more. Hi, this is so cool. Um, I've never done something like this, so yeah, hit me. <laughs> so we we both have our own like MLM stories kind of that we wanted to share with you to start yes. with, just to like set the tone. So um, yeah. my one, which I said in the Facebook group, was that when I used to work at Hoyt's, this really nice man who worked there asked me and some of my friends out for a drink and we thought we were just going to socialize. So we we're like, let's go. And then we went, it was a full blown MLM scheme and they were selling this crazy juice made from like berries from the Amazon and um, everyone got up and told a story where they're like my mom had arthritis and now she's cured or like my dad had stage 4 cancer and now he's cured like all nonsense just from this random juice and then we were like what's going on and then we all had to chant I want money I want money and then um, my friend this guy that we went with was like okay I want to recruit you you just need to transfer me $4,000 each and we can get started it sounds like something my mum would be involved in (laughs) (laughs) I um that's a that's a huge amount of investment for an MLM at the beginning. I saw your comment about that, and I four thousand dollars is really steep. So, I mean, all power to them if they think that they can get that to, to begin with. I was with like, that's something. so much, and we were eighteen. Yeah, it is. For me, I um, thought until about two days ago that I'd never heard of Arbon in my life, and then um, I realised that tonight that not only have I heard of it, but someone tried to recruit me for it three years ago or get me to sign up or whatever the terminology is three years ago and I just completely forgotten and she fully had like all of the this huge she pulled out this huge tray of things and put them on the table and was telling me about all of them and then I realized that there's literally fizz sticks in the cupboard where I am oh amazing (laughs) so I've tried it I've been drinking it I've been like what's the having it for days I Everyone has like a cheeky fizz stick in their cupboard. You know, it's kind of like one of the essentials. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I actually don't have any fizz sticks in Furatoa where I am, but um, I've actually had quite a few people reach out to me offering to send me some. So I've contacted someone Good. that I trust with my address and I'm going to get a box of fizz sticks really soon. So I'm pretty <laughs> So you did a deep dive at Arbon. Uh, for Source Mag, which is a New Zealand publication. In the story, you sort of explained that Arbon isn't a pyramid scheme. Yeah. MLM companies are not pyramid schemes, but can you kind of break down the difference? Yeah, that's a really good question. MLM companies totally legal because they've, they've been going around for forever, not for forever, but for a very long period of time. There's an uh, there's a documentary called Betting on Zero, which is about Herbalife on Netflix. You should definitely check it out. Mm. Yeah, I was looking at the trailer before. Yeah, and then a pyramid scheme is basically when people are recruited and they earn money on the promise of recruiting more people. So you're not there's no demand for the product, um, 
and that is what has gotten other companies in lots of hot water. And then Arbonne, there is a demand for the product. I think something really interesting and um, was that there is lots of girls and boys that use Arbonne. When I was doing research, there is lots of great reviews. Like there's like the scrub that everybody yeah. is using. It. There's some in the place where I'm staying. I'd never tried it before, but um, my friend who I'm staying with said that they're Pro, their vegan protein powder is the only protein powder that's actually delicious. And she's tried hundreds. She's tried them all. Yeah, their, their products. Yeah. Do, I'm sure that both of you, have you guys looked at the products on their website? Like how they're quite strange. They have over like 400 products. Um, There's so much. They, they, it's huge. They, I mean, they have like scrunchies, like the most random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, good on them for having, you know, having so many products being go-getters, whatever, and trying to, like, you know, monopolize the market. <laughs> but it's just so strange. There's a lot. There's been an accusation, like, in multiple pieces that we've read about MLMs that says that they're kind of trained to target vulnerable people, whether it's young moms. There was that big case with a stage four cancer patient. Um, have you noticed that as being a theme in your research that, like, maybe vulnerable or younger people who might not know what they're getting into? intentionally targeted yeah i um i actually had kimberly reach out to me so she was um the mother i believe she lives in australia i'm not too sure which city um and she um and what happened there from what i believed happened was that an independent consultant reached out to her and basically offered her money um offered her you know what they all do um, so that she would have money to leave her kids when she passed away. And it's just like a really bad, it's like the worst approach that you could take. And it's, yeah, as I wrote in the piece, I was like PR nightmare. You can't blame Arbonne for that. Mm. You know, it's a gray area. It's like they're they're representing the brand. So it's a little bit of a gray area. But I do believe that independent consultants have been reaching out a lot during this unstable time. Um, mm. with a lot of people becoming unemployed because of the pandemic, it arises a perfect opportunity for people to become independent consultants. Um, it seems like from when I started sharing my story and I put it on my Instagram story, um, there was a lot of people that reached out to me saying that they had been reached out by independent consultants over the last few weeks. I believe that, yeah, I also do believe that Arbonne independent consultants aren't, you know, refined in their approach. Um, they have to message, it's advised to message over 30 people in a month. Um, so, yeah, it's, I reckon they just go, hey. God, how do you know that many people? No one does. <laughs> what I would love to know is the Mercedes-Benz thing. Please talk me through it. Yeah, yeah. So the Mercedes-Benz, um, there's the top two levels, uh, national vice president, right? And then regional vice president. Everyone's working towards this Mercedes-Benz. And I just need to talk about like <laughs> all these people's Instagram feeds are all targeted towards the same thing. Like all their, all their photos look the same. They're using the same Visco filter. They're repeating the same words, which is like, um, and it's encouraging impulsive decisions. So like be your own CEO. Uh, get the Mercedes Benz, the white Mercedes Benz. It, it, it's it's all about building this huge dream and I feel like sucking people into it. You get a Mercedes Benz when you're on the 
the fourth or the fifth level. If you think it has five levels, it can have four also if you include independent consultants. Um, and you get, it's based on the premise that you're earning over like your designated sales, if you get what I mean. So like you'll get paid for the bins every single month if you hit your sales targets. And I presume at that level, I don't have the information, but I presume at that level, it would be quite high because you're at the top of the company, but you would be getting sales yeah. from potentially thousands of people below you or hundreds, you know, because you're at the very top. So there'll be lots of independent consultants that you've recruited and yeah, that's how you get the bends. And if you don't hit your sales targets, you don't, um, you don't get your payment for the bends that month. So it's under your name and your lease. So you just end up paying for your own bend. And also doesn't it have a big logo on the side? A big fat Arbon logo slapped right. <laughs> and- <laughs> These girls and boys, they just go crazy about this white Mercedes Benz, which I just find fascinating. Mm. I'm not even, a, and I also just find like, I wonder if Mercedes know about we this. We were talking about like that, Arbon yeah. Has, I know, I was thinking that. I wonder if, that, like, has Arbon, do they know that they've been using their brand in this approach? And if also, if you go on the website, there's lots of photos with people in their Mercedes. I've also seen in the last few days, I don't know if this is just by chance, but a lot of independent consultants, their parents own, or maybe their family friend owns white Mercedes. So they've been taking photos next to them being like, you know, like a couple more months and I'll be here. Or maybe they're just these white Mercedes on the side of the road and then they're taking photos in front of it. It's so funny. The white Mercedes, it's just like the, it's like the mascot. It is, it is, it is, it really does drive people crazy. And it is the mascot. It's where, Everyone just gets so infatuated with this theory. And I, I do find it quite a little bit concerning for, you know, women and men all around. I only think that Arbonne is in four countries. So in those four countries, I believe it's quite concerning. Um, yeah. It was really interesting, the research you did on the terms and conditions and how like purposefully complicated and riddled with terminology they were. So can you talk a little bit about what you discovered there? <laughs> I lost so much time on those terms and conditions in Arbonne. I, like, I, there was one point I remember because I was just like deep in an MLM hole and I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Because <laughs> it's not good for <laughs> <'cause>, me. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good for me. And there was like, I copied and pasted the infographics and I still can't really understand them. So they, as I mentioned, they use fucking like so many acronyms, so many acronyms everywhere. But at the end of the day, you want to get a QV and that's your qualifying volume. So you have to get 250 QV per month. um, And that's from your sales. So you can't get any QV from people that you recruit. Um, and then once you get 250 QV, you're eligible to earn your commission. Don't get 250 QV. You can't earn any commission. From and is that products or is that do- a dollar symbol? The, the two. That's a really yeah. good question. That's a, that's a really, really good question. And that's one of my questions that I still have about Arvon. Right. Is um, what does QV mean? So, you know, when you get flybys or something, it's like $1 is $1 Air New Zealand points. So is that the same for Arbon? I don't know. And I, I feel like the way that I would find that out is by properly registering, not by like what I did, which was like fake registering and spreading my voice all around America, trying to <laughs> get information out from people. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
exactly what equals QV. It's one of my questions. I have quite a few after it, but, um, and yeah, so you get your QV and if you don't reach it, you don't get any money. And that is why the table is so misleading because it only covers 17% of the people who are actually, they call them active independent consultants. And active means making money. Yeah, correct. So only 17% in that table for 2018 are making money. So, and then I figured out that it was something like, you know, the dream money, which they're talking about. I've heard people making $22,000 a month from Arbonne. So that's 0.3%, right? Mm -hmm. Of the entire, so this is the entire thing, are making that real money. Yeah. And all their tables, they include active independent consultants. So what about all the non-active consultants? Like where does all that information go? That's what I think with these, with not like Arbonne specifically, but just sort of these companies in general. It's literally just kind of if 17% of people were did make money in 2018, then effectively if you work there, you're kind of just trying to recruit your friends to maybe not make any money at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really um, strange. And I actually had a couple of people that I was really banking on to talk to me to tell to help me tell the story and interview, they pulled out for, and they're like kind of friends of mine. So I kind of feel like there is, there's this level where people are quite embarrassed um, about like other people that they got recruited in, whether that's family or friend. Yeah. Right. Um, And it's quite, I think it's quite deep because I had messages from lots of people who have lost lots of money from doing different types of schemes. When I started, when that article got posted, I didn't expect the response in directly to me, and I'm sure Source had it. I wasn't doing those direct messages, just mine. Um, and it was just like, you know, I would say probably like a thousand people were just sharing their different experiences, not just with Arbon, but a lot of them were primarily with Arbon, where they weren't happy with the end result, where that left them. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about the difficulties you had in finding people to talk on the record about the company? Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned before, like with my people that I considered to be my friends not wanting to talk to me, that was the first red flag like that I kind of had. No one wanted to talk to me. When I started messaging people in New Zealand, other active independent consultants that I was aware of through Instagram, there was, I believe, um, a message from someone in a senior position in Arbonne, so say level three, um, sent out to independent consultants in New Zealand saying not to talk to me, uh, which made things really difficult. <laughs> I was like, uh, what am I going to do now? And that's kind of what I was saying before is that I pretended to be, you know, interested in joining the whatever it is, um, Arbon, the MLM company. And I reached out to people in America. No one wanted to talk to me in New Zealand. They there was quite a few people that I had interviews lined up and then just like that overnight, you know, um, they all dropped off and they all dropped off with a very similar message where they all emailed me on Instagram being like, sorry, this isn't happening. I was really fortunate that something must have happened. I was quite ready to publish that article without interviewing anyone because I hadn't interviewed, I hadn't been able to get someone to write something down. Um, I had just spoken to, why does everyone talk on voice memos on Arbon? Arbon, like, I don't. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking it's because then you can't really use any of it. You can't 
screenshot any of it. Yeah. I agree with that as as well. And it's just, I find it quite, that's like, isn't that quite misleading? Like, it's like, you don't have any record of how you got into it. It's all, there's so many red flags at the beginning by getting voice memos from random people you haven't spoken to in seven years on Facebook. You know, like, it's like. Mm. Tell us about the Las Vegas conference. Oh my God, where do I start? Have you guys watched YouTubes with these Las Vegas concerts we on them? D- we did. Well, yeah. I clicked on the one that you put in your article. Did you go up to 14 minutes. Yes, and watched them pass around the Oreo biscuits. Everything. I mean, number one, I want to go. That's my first thing. Like, I want to go. I'm yeah, really me too. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to go. And these concerts, um, I don't even know how to explain them in a sense where I just found them very biblical, to be honest. Um, I've got a few people that I follow that go to, which I love. Um, It's not like my thing personally, but I've got that go to like, you know, churches on Sunday that do lots of, you know, huge. The big concerts. concerts Part of their service, um, which is awesome. And I just imagine it like that, but like 50 times bigger in Las Vegas. And these girls. But so everyone pays to go there themselves. Correct. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much tickets are each year. I'm sure that they would vary between year and year. Um, but everyone pays you to go to yourself. You have to fly there. Avon doesn't give you, from my understanding what's on the internet, Avon doesn't give you any money to go. I'm also like wondering, which I don't know, if me and you could just go like not like i'm not asking you <laughs> if you're right free let's, let's, well let's <laughs> let's go let's go let's go straight after this pandemic i don't know if you have to be an independent consultant to go i'm wondering if you can just like buy a ticket and go because i be, um yeah you might be able to and you just pay money and they go and they just like literally lose their shit of the latest like moisturizer this time they like release 17 different products which was all done virtually. Like, you cannot stop this beast because it will keep turning over. Okay, thank you so much, Liam, for joining us. We so appreciate it. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. I hope I made things a little bit more clear. (laughs) Yes, we would love to hang out with you for a real-life after-work drink ASAP. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much, Liam. Bye. Bye. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to that. That was a nice, big, juicy episode. Once again, once again, you don't get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Once we're back, once we're back in London, we'll wrap these up. We'll be like some twelve-minute ones in the bank. (laughs) Yeah, please rate, review, and subscribe once again. And we will see you on Saturday for the final of our dinner party series. And if you would like to buy some fizz sticks, head to arvon.com forward slash (laughs) zelltrumet. It's not live yet, but it will be by the morning. Once I finish normal people. I'm going to go watch it now too. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.